but uh, I actually had a case uh, where a doctor refused to yeah. let the patient into the hospital. He said, look, people are dying in here. You're not that sick, you know? Yeah. Uh, go home and see your GP in the morning. Yeah. Um, wow. And it's a bit of common sense, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People are, and rightly so, you know, people are, everybody's afraid of the res- responsibility landed on them and getting yeah. a complaint or getting in trouble. But when things are as serious as they are, common sense has to kind of come And, and that's them. the thing is, you know, like the one thing is, is back then people didn't actually want to go to the hospital, you know, and now we're like right back to our old stuff. And it's like, oh, I want to go back for everything. Yeah, and it's still the same over here. Go back to your... Go right back behind the 44 Case Avenue. I have 760 Case Avenue. Okay, today. So I had it on last <laughs> night and I was like, oh, we wore it for a couple hours. I'm going to throw it back on today. So, <laughs> oh, wait. I had to look up what a magpie was. I was like, what's a magpie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to look uh, I'm sure you have them over there, but uh, yeah, they're usually attracted to metal shiny things. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, cool. All right, so let oh. me start this up. So... Uh, yeah, cool. Far us. away. Yeah, Julie. Be gentle. It's my first time. <laughs> yeah, it's all right, man. Just a chat. So we got a uh, Simon Finglas, right? I said it right. Yeah, absolutely. All yeah. right. He's a, a firefighter paramedic in Dublin. It's in Ireland for everybody. And uh, so, so um, I'm pretty good at like uh, Instagram stalking people. So this is how I find <laughs> a lot of interesting people. So I think we actually found you this time. Uh, it was over the uh, spinal mm-hmm. board. Okay. I seen uh, another post you did last night about uh, securing guys to boards for getting yeah. them out of awkward situations downstairs and into lifts and elevators and stuff like yep. that. Um, absolutely, a vacuum mattress would help you to no end with with, the, with those situations. Uh, but uh, it's interesting because you know, up only to probably three years ago maybe the okay. spinal board was three or four years ago the spinal board like that was the standards yeah that was like Standard the biggest that was one of the biggest changes for us it was like when they took oh, away you know the long board everybody was like this is it's crazy like yo like you go to an mva and now it's like all right can you step out of the car and uh, we're gonna it's put like, the collar on you it's like discovering the earth is round you know yeah. it's a it's a it's a big departure um from when I would have forced trained, it's you know, everybody trauma patients was spinal, spinal. But when you actually mm-hmm. you get a logical, you're taking what's a natural curve and trying to put it onto a flat surface, it's yep. going to be <laughs> yeah, awkward and uncomfortable. Yep, definitely, definitely. Um, so, so how did you get how did you get into this? And what, um, what's a little bit about you? So, where do you live? So, I live in uh, Dublin, actually, interestingly enough, I live in a place called Finglas in Dublin. Uh, okay. So uh, I don't get lost. <laughs> uh, so I joined the Dublin Fire Brigade at uh, would have been twenty-one years of age. Uh, okay. So very very young, um, pretty much straight out of uh, probably your equivalent to high school. So okay. kind of I did the secondary school over here, and then uh, I think I did like a year of uh, a post kind of somewhere between kind of high school and college, kind of community college maybe type thing. Okay. Um, but uh, the plan was always to kind of head towards the fire brigade. Um, my dad was in it for, uh, he ended up doing 33 years in it. Wow, okay. Um, so from a young age, I kind of had an idea that that's what I wanted to do. And it was either going to be the cops or 
the cops of the forest service and okay. like got the uh, I placed on the the panel for the for the the guardie in Ireland, but placed kind of way down it so in the meantime i managed to go through the competition for the forest service okay uh, and get a place and start so and okay 18 years later here we are you know um ah, you've been on, you're almost done how long when can you re, how old do you have to be when you retire so we have to retire at 55th okay um so it's a mandatory thing uh, it's currently they're trying to they're trying to change it um, and okay. so the likes of uh, my dad retired at 50 58 or 59 i think um but he could so guys on an older contract so guys at his service can stay till they're 66 okay uh, their 66th birthday um so they changed they lowered the retirement age um good uh probably in 19 mid 90s i can't remember exactly when they changed the terms and conditions um so yeah we have to retire at 55 um so me joining at 2021 um even though i'll have my certain it was either 50, 55 or 30 years service, okay. whichever kind of came first. Yeah. So I'll have me 30 years done at 51, but I'll have to stay. I won't be eligible to retire until I'm 55 years of age. Oh, wow. Um, All right. So even if you do your time, you still got to stay. Still got to stay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, but look, sure, anything, uh, it's way, way down the road. I'm kind of, I suppose, at the, at the midpoint. So I've got 18 done. I'm kind of yeah. starting my 19th year back in, in June. Um, okay. So, uh, look, I've, I've plenty of time to worry about that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of grew, grew up around uh, grew up around the forest service more so okay. than e- EMS. I know yours is really kind of a, a, an EMS focused show. Yeah. But, um, now, we like to know uh, about, well, I'm a fire, I'm a volunteer. So, yeah, you were I saying like, that. Yeah. I like all um, the fire stuff. So, uh, so I oh, kind of had a bit of a bit of background knowledge. Uh, in Dublin Fire Brigade and what they do and providing an EMS service, but there are some guys that kind of sign up to be a firefighter and they arrive into the uh, training school and there's, you know, there's 14 weeks of EMS training. Like, yeah. what's all this about? <laughs> so, um, all right, so you go to the academy and you do your fire, you do fire training, and then they send you to. So yeah, it's kind of. I was actually curious uh, reading some of the. Uh, questions you had about the, uh, the, the show that you asked people and yeah. um, listening to some of your previous podcasts as well. So you guys uh, basically qualify as a medic first and then go and get a job. Is that right? Yeah. Um, some places you have to be a paramedic already or an EMT already. Um, where we work now. Um, hold on. Um, yeah, so now they're doing a thing where they'll, ho- where they'll hire you without any certification and they, they train you up to their so, standard or how they want to teach you. So, so that's kind of how it is here in, uh, in Dublin and in, uh, in the National Ambulance Service. So okay. a bit of background for the way the service is done in Dublin. So um, Dublin Fire Brigades, historically uh, from going back into the 1800s, provided the fire service for, for Dublin City okay. and uh, started up the Dublin Ambulance Service. Um, this was back in the 1800s. And obviously, as, as time moved on, people, uh, more structure was, was put on yeah. kind of emergency services. Um, so the, uh, we now in Ireland, so outside Dublin, we have a national ambulance service. So okay. we have uh, 
paramedics and advanced paramedics in the National Ambulance Service that kind of take all the 999 calls okay. and other EMS ambulance duties outside of Dublin. So Dublin okay. would, Fire Brigade's unique in that, um, probably one of the, definitely the only one in the country, but probably one of the only ones in Europe as well that have a, a fire-based EMS okay. uh, system. Um, so uh, when you get a job, when you apply to come into Dublin Fire Brigade, yeah. you do your fire academy training, for want of a better word, uh, it takes about six months, seven months in total. Okay. And then um, you go on and you do a 14-week uh, paramedic course. Okay. Um, so I know there's a bit of... Yeah, there's like a different length. Term, yeah, different like, kind of, yeah. So even when I, when I, when I, when I trained, um, I trained as a, an EMT. Okay. Um, and paramedics were the guys that could do all the uh, ALS stuff. Okay. Uh, so there wasn't really a, an ALS service in Dublin Fire Brigade okay. at the time. Um, in the late 90s we sent like seven or eight guys over to boston um, oh. to train als and come back and uh, but it wasn't really until kind of 2000s i think 2003 2004 when wow. the fire brigades and, and ireland kind of as a whole kind of came on board with a, a, an als uh service so um you do your 14 uh you do your 14 weeks training as a paramedic and then yeah. you go out to the fire station um, okay. so you start your your first three or four years of service in in the dfb is kind of predominantly ems because yeah. you got to go through all the on the job training you got to log all your cases you got to do all your yeah. hours you got to do a month um as a third man as a as a ride along basically okay where you kind of you you watch and learn and, yeah. and then you start your own internship and the first part of it like you have to do uh you got to do a day and a night of of our shift okay. as the attendant on the ambulance yep and you got to log all your cases you got to get signed off so every time you make an intervention even giving the patient oxygen you got to get yeah. signed off by the by the senior paramedic that's with you okay and um, so there's a lot of paperwork a lot of responsibility um, and a lot of time on on, yeah. on the ambulance you know what did you do before you had paramedic then you just like pretty much grabbed them or, or somebody would, uh, yeah you were kind of into uh you were kind of into a, a literally load and go you know okay. um so when i when i trained first we had like uh you had four drugs on the ambulance uh you had oxygen entonox uh you had uh aspirin and i think gtn i think uh and What's that was GTN? it uh the spray it's the one that we oh the nitro we, spray okay nitro spray yeah that's all okay. that we that's that's still all, all we use okay um and now paramedics have 20 26 and 27 and advanced paramedics oh, have wow. five, you know it's so wow. it's come on it's come on leaps and bounds but yeah, yeah. it was literally uh bls you know, if you had a cardiac arrest, it was just do CPR and wow. diesel was your, diesel was your <laughs> choice. Yeah. Uh, yep. Look, it still is some days, you know, it's, it's uh, the same thing, you know, a lot of people don't realize that you got to cut and run sometimes, you know, yeah. and you got to know when to hang out of, and when to go. Yeah. Knowing, knowing your limits, I think it's still true today. Um, as true today as it was back then, you know, yeah. know when you're doing, and know when you need more help or more resources than, than you can give. That's um, cool. I think that's one of the biggest things that we're spoiled with in Dublin is is resources, you know. Okay. So no matter, you know, for we categorize our calls as I'm sure you do. So for every kind of high higher acuity call like a, a cardiac arrest or mm -hmm. a, a serious trauma, we send a fire engine okay. crew by paramedics as well as an ambulance. Okay. You may not you may not always have um an advanced paramedic or an ALS 
medic on on the ambulance more often than not now you do because yeah. they're becoming we're becoming more common um but you always have that comfort in the back of your mind that help for me is coming even though yeah. you know uh, the patient you've arrived you're the patient that the help you're the help that the patient needs yeah. but help for you is coming <laughs> so you got a so what's your what's your you call them pumps, right? That's what like your engine is. A pump. Oh, there's loads, pumps, trucks, okay. engines. So how many people call. do you have on that? On that, so you have like four guys. So it depends. Uh, uh, the city is kind of uh, split up into different size stations. So you have okay. where I work, you have uh, what we call a one pump station. So you've got one one fire truck okay. and one ambulance. Okay. Um, and on our fire truck, we have four guys in the back. Okay. Uh, a driver and an officer. And in the bigger fire stations, kind of, if you imagine the Dublin city is kind of, and you stick a, bull, a dartboard or a bullseye on it. So okay. towards the center is where our headquarters is. And as you go out into the suburbs, uh, the stations get smaller. So the okay. stations towards the center are, are, are what we call two pumps. So they have two fire engines, uh, also in ambulance. And some of them have like a specialist appliance. So like a heavy rescue emergency tender. Okay. Uh, and we have uh, a couple of years ago, they built a big uh, tunnel underneath the city down to the port. Yeah. So one of the fire stations in North Strand has a, a, a specific fire truck. Oh, the rebreather thing? Uh, kind of, yeah. It's, okay. uh, we have extended duration uh, breeding apparatus sets okay. and it has different types of uh, foam for fighting because okay. the, the port tunnel mainly carries kind of... Uh, petrochemical tankers that go up and down from the docks to the airport oh. uh, it carries more class b foam and we carry mm -hmm. little kind of rescue breeding apparatus sets okay. as well for for people on it you know um well, hopefully you're so not yeah. working that day no that's <laughs> the day you want to be <laughs> somewhere else you want to uh, be out. like uh, i think i'm sick when you hear that when you hear that one come in oh so man. uh so yeah so those so those so those stations only have three guys in the back of the fire truck okay um, so it cha changes slightly uh, due to you know man and level agreements, yeah. um, and then the headquarters in uh, the city centre, so slap bang in the middle of Dublin. Okay. They've got uh, two fire engines and they have got two uh, aerial ladders. Okay. Um, and again, they've got three guys in the back of the fire trucks and okay. two guys in the back of the ladder. Okay. Um, but the the beauty and the un the unique part about it is that I could be on the fire engine today, the ambulance tomorrow. You know, if you work in the, the headquarters in Tower Street, you could be on the the, the ladder one yeah. day, you could be on the back of the fire truck one day, you could be on driving the fire truck the next day. Yeah. And um, those guys have uh because of the big river that runs through the center of Dublin as well, they do a lot of water rescues, you know, people okay. jump or fall into the into the river yeah. if you so they've got a a, a speedboat down there as well, kind of a inflatable rib. Okay. Um, so they can get guys in, get guys into the water quickly and fish people out, you know. Cool. And then you're, so you have regular ambulances and you have the advanced care paramedics. Are they, they're like in a car or uh, how does that work? So we do, we do the ambulance uh, duties in normal rotation. So okay. everything and everything in the fire brigade kind of works off uh, a for the staff basis. So whoever, okay. the last guy to do it, okay. uh, you know, if I did the ambulance today, everybody kind of on the, on the watches should generally do it before I do it again. Okay. So roughly in a one pump station, I do the ambulance kind of every tour day okay. and every tour night, roughly give or take. Um, but the, uh, we also have a, a response car. That's what I'm actually on this week. That's how okay. I'm working a different shift this week to my normal shift. Okay. Um, 
And at the moment in Dublin Fire Brigade, it's kind of like a, a training vehicle. So it's for advanced paramedics to kind of keep their exposure and keep their skills up. And okay. new paramedic students come out have to do a shift on the car as well to kind of get it as part of their training. Okay. Um, but the colleagues in the National Armed Service will have uh, a, a rapid response car available to them you know, with a crew by an advanced paramedic yeah. uh, 24-7. So okay. they can request it. But usually in, you know, if, if a fire engine or an ambulance goes to a call and they want an AP, they just get onto the control room and say, look, we need we need an advanced paramedic here. Okay. So and you can go anywhere them. in the city? Uh, to a certain degree. You know, okay. it's everything in the fire brigade, you know, everything is kind of the the closest resource to it. So yeah. if there's a... If there's a, an a, if there's an advanced paramedic needed on the south side of the city, yeah, they're not going to send one from the north side. They'll find. Okay. It's becoming there's more guys getting trained up uh, okay. every every year. So we've got like currently I think about seventy eight. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, advanced paramedics in Dublin Fire Brigade. Okay. And um, so as as these guys get trained up and they get kind of spread around the place, uh, they do make a, a, an effort to kind of make sure at least one is in every watch and every station yeah. um, to kind of have a spread around, you know? That's cool. That's cool. So what was your, you remember your first call when you came on? Uh, I'm trying to, I was actually trying to remember. Um, I like, so when I came on first, uh, the uh, Northeastern University in Boston used to accredit and privilege Dublin Fire Brigades, okay. medics, EMTs at the time. Yeah. So, uh, there was a bit of a changeover when I came on. So actually my first kind of three, four months on the job, I was like a, what you call an EMT now, a first okay. responder. So I yeah. didn't, you know, I wasn't allowed to work the ambulance, uh, much to the uh, dismay of some of the senior guys that came yeah. on uh, when, when I came on. Um, so my first medical call that I can kind of remember uh, was uh, like, a, I was actually, just on the truck you know so trained to do kind of bls literally yeah. just cpr and put a bandage on yeah. um and uh i remember going to uh a cardiac arrest on the street around kind of seven o'clock eight o'clock in the morning yeah. in the middle of a literally in the middle of the city center yeah so uh turning up on you know with a lot of senior guys there and everybody standing kind of watching you know yeah and basically being told you're going to just get, get stuck in, you know, waiting yeah. for somebody to kind of tell me what to do. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I was kind of, I can't, I, my first medical call on the ambulance, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. It's, yeah. It's, you remember your first fire? I bet you remember your first fire. Uh, yeah, actually my first fire was <laughs> my second night in the, uh, second night in the job. Um, wow. Two nights. All right. It, uh, it came very, again, very early in the morning. Uh, and it was actually a big one. Uh, an old disused factory um somewhere down in the down near the the port and docks and uh again kind of just been standing there waiting for somebody to tell me what to do because when you you know you when you're in the, the the training center um you know everything is done kind of the right way book, yeah. drill book stand yeah. to attention wait wait yeah. till wait you're given an order yeah and then you arrive at a you arrive at a fire and guys are just getting off the truck and getting to work, you know. Um, okay. So, but uh, yeah, again, not really doing. I remember kind of not really doing a whole lot of that. Kind of you know, make rolling out holes and yeah, sorting out the hydrant and kind of standing around looking. Uh, all the kind of more experienced guys were the ones that were putting on the BA and going okay. in. And again, just you know, 
kind of attaching to somebody that somebody that was a little bit sympathetic to a a, a young guy wet wet behind the ears and kind yeah, of like just, just, yeah, tell me what to do, you know. That's cool. uh, but uh, yeah, look, it was it was it was an experience, you know, um, cool. and it literally kind of happened. Uh, I remember it happening at kind of near the end of shift, so didn't really get to do a whole lot, a whole lot because we got. Uh, we got relieved at it, so they basically the oncoming shift got bust out to it, and uh, we got sent back. Okay. So they were the kind of the two, uh, the two kind of forced memories yeah. of it of doing it. And I remember we're coming, we've gone to be forced call as well during the day. First day we started, you know, going out in the truck and going yeah. to three or four calls, uh, and getting stood down before we got there, stood yeah. down over the radio, so kind of just driving around in circles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's. This is a long time ago now. Yeah. Wow. So when you started, so how was it back then? So how was it the call, like the type of calls that you went on back then? Are they different from now or? Um, not, not really. Like you're still getting the same, still getting the same stuff, uh, okay. you know, type of calls, you know, whether, you know, medical trauma, uh, I suppose, over the over the years, we've seen an increase in uh, different types of drug use. I suppose you know, um, initially, you know, you would have, at the start you would have got your your opiate heroin ODs, but yeah. there was a lot of people on kind of prescription medication, benzodiazepines uh, yeah. on the street are are becoming prevalent again in Dublin, um, and uh, I suppose just coming you're looking you're looking at the same calls, but you're looking at them through different eyes. You know, you've okay. more you've more experience yeah. um that's you know it hasn't really yeah the, what we're getting hasn't really changed you know yeah because we've been getting we're getting we had the k2 you do have k2 over there too it's like that synthetic marijuana uh, we had like a, a synthetic ecstasy uh methadrone i think um oh, no, we didn't have that thank god <laughs> yeah it was fairly you know you were getting a lot of uh patients with um, reduced GCS, you know, okay. extremely tachycardic and pyrexic, you know, temperatures in the yeah. 39s, 40s, and they were melting from the inside wow. out with, with this stuff, you know, yeah. Um, and then, you know, hallucinating and being combative, you know, didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. It's dangerous, messy stuff, you know. Um, it's funny because like, I, don't, I don't know why people keep taking this. You know what I mean? Like we have with the K2, like they take this, they're unconscious. They vomit everywhere. Take them to the hospital, and then before you even go home, you're picking them up again. It's like, yeah, you do get kind of repeat offend, repeat offenders in the same shift. Um, I suppose what, one thing that's probably different that wasn't as prevalent then that it is now was a lot of mental health stuff. I know mental health is yeah, absolutely yeah, and it's you kind of do you have to kind of view it as the same as any other medical illness, you know. Um, it's they're very hard to manage you know um because i'm sure it's the same the world over you know sometimes the support and services aren't there yep. the right support and services aren't there for them you know over here yep. kind of they think you know the ambulance and the emergency department can fix all you know and even sometimes you have to get the the, the guardian or the cops involved and yes. they're not the right people for either yep. do you know um the, the guard station or the police station or cell is not what these guys need is an emergency room, a busy emergency room now. Uh, 
again is not what these guys need. So yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't have have an answer or an opinion on it as yeah. to what they can do. I, I, you know, a massive a massive overhaul I think is needed on it. Um, I think it's the same thing here. Is you know, especially with the ambulance, we're pretty much a catch-all. So like, if you don't know what to do with this person, you call the ambulance. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like uh, they don't have anywhere to stay tonight. Let's call the ambulance. You could stay at the hospital. So yeah. You know, I'm guessing it's, you guys have to deal with the same thing with the cops. Like, uh, they scratch their heads. Like, yeah, everybody's kind of, you know, no one, no one, no one wants to accept responsibility for it. You know, it's kind of like, well, you touched it last kind of thing. Um, but somebody has to, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, where it's, you know, and sometimes you just have to kind of say, look, right, okay, come on, we we bring it down. Yeah. We bring it to the emergency room. You can sleep in the, you know, sleep in the in the in the uh in the waiting room or yeah. you know they'll get a they'll get a hot cup of tea they'll get a they'll get a sandwich they'll get a meal and then the hospital will kick them out again you know they yeah. have they have frequent flyers i suppose the, the world over what do you do you know you can't you can you can't do nothing you know um, yeah. and uh it can be it can be a bit of a i suppose a, a catch-22 you're standing there with the cops and it's four o'clock in the morning it's raining sideways and you're kind of going you know yeah the radios happen with a kind of more serious call but look you have to do you have to treat what's in front of you you know yeah that's the worst thing is like the cops all call us their favorite word is like chest pain so they know if they say chest pain the cops are going to get there quicker so or the ambulance is going to get there quicker so like oh they got chest pain then you get there and the guy's just like it's just a drunk and it's like yo seriously guys like (laughs) it's a common it's a, a common theme as far as as well with the the printout or the toner so when we get a we get a call from control and we still get a, a paper printout in okay. the in the in the station or we yeah. if we're if we're out we get called by the dispatcher over the okay. over the radio he'll you know and it's a he'll give you the, the call and it's a it's yeah. a chest pain and possible alcohol or okay. alcohol on board or whatever yeah. and uh you just know okay yeah there's, there's more chance of this guy having there's very yeah. little chance this guy have an actual chest pain, but look, you have to, you got to go, you got to go. And you, when you get there, you got to treat what you find as well. You know, it can be very easy to get, uh, uh, sidetracked with these and go, oh, look, this, this, this guy is, is just drunk or he's this or he's yep. that. And you know, yeah. if he's, if he says he has chest pain, you got to put the leads on, you got to do your 12 leads. Yep. You just have to grin. You just have to grin and bear it, you know? Yeah. Yep. The worst thing is like when you get one of those people and you're like, this is such bullshit. And then you put the leads on or something and you like, look at him like, Oh, you are really sick. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, thank God I did this. And I didn't just say, Hey, hop on the bench. Let's take a ride. So, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a huge problem everywhere. You know, um, I've been to, uh, would spend a good bit of time over in New York, travel, trying it over once a year and other parts, other parts of States, other parts of Europe, and yeah. uh, you see, it's 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 the same same problem everywhere, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, when it comes to it landing on Aerolap, I suppose for 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 the the ambulance service in in Dublin, you just have to you just have to go with it, you know. Yeah. Yep. So you guys, so it's Dublin. You guys get a lot of intoxes, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we would. Um, it's uh, look, it, not so much anymore. As well, it, it, there was a bit of a lull in it yeah. uh, when lockdown started okay uh in life after covid uh 
and uh, everybody's forgotten about COVID over here. So they're all back there, but now they have like parties in the really. Street. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now it's still, it's still quite, uh, it's still quite in the forefront of everybody's mind over here. Like there yep. was uh, like, even just today, uh, the government have not quite, not quite passed a law, but it's according to government. It's not an advisory anymore. Now it's mandatory for face coverings on public transport in, public places like shops and uh, cinemas, uh, shopping centers, uh, grocery stores, wherever you you want to call it, you know, Uh, it's mandatory now. um, And it's, it's hard, you know, there was a a bus driver in France. uh, It was a bus driver, a train driver, must've been a bus driver. um, But he was, uh, he was attacked and ended up dying from his wounds for trying to enforce, yeah, for trying to enforce two passengers to, to wear a face mask wow. uh, or face covering. You know, it's, um, I think everybody's kind of feeling the pinch with it now, you know, it's, yeah. uh, and that's where the, the whole mental health thing comes into as well. You know, people are staring yeah. at the four or staring at the four walls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was bad. Like we had it, it was really, it was weird. I mean, it was great driving to work cause there was absolutely no traffic. You could fly in, fly around and everything, but I've never seen, you know, I've been on ambulance for 20 years and I've never seen people die that quick. Yeah. You know, or done that um, many cardiac arrests in a shift. Like, I was, ta- I was trying to ta- talking to a couple of, couple of friends and work about it. Um, luckily enough, I suppose for myself, I didn't have that many seriously uh, sick patients. Yeah. Uh, myself, did just look at the draw just didn't come across them yeah i had a couple of guys that had you know possible respiratory infection probably was yeah COVID. um but i think i only got one come back that was a confirmed so okay. we started logging all our patients then and um, i think i only had one to come back that yes that this guy was a, a confirmed case okay um but uh i've seen there's been documentaries here i have friends that are in nursing um I know guys, uh, we've had 14 guys uh, in the fire brigade that have uh, tested positive for it. And okay. thankfully, all have, all have record, recovered yeah. and are now back to work. Uh, I know one of them uh, personally, and he said it was just a horrible experience, you know. Yeah. Um, and he had no, at the start, he had no major respiratory symptoms. He just described it as like growing pains. Yeah. But, but serious, like. Yeah. Um, and another friend of mine, uh, who was a nurse, uh, ended up in... And didn't make it onto didn't make it onto events, thank God. Mm-hmm. But ended up in a high dependency unit. Uh, okay. For a couple of days, you know, was really really sick with it in hospital for a couple of weeks with it. Um, yeah. And is still kind of not quite recovered from it, yeah. you know. Um. So it is. It's it, it's it's nasty, and it's only yeah. when you speak to people that have experienced it firsthand really how serious it is, yeah. you know. So. And there's weird. Wash, symptoms. wash your hands and wear a mask. <laughs> the thing is, it, it there's just weird symptoms, you know, like what they originally had told us you know, what to look for was completely different, you know, than what we were seeing. And then we started like looking back at patients that we'd had a few weeks before. And we started putting like two and two together with the other COVID patients that we've been getting. And we're like, we've been seeing this for a while. And yeah. stuff, you know, um, and what's your approach with it? Like, so what's uh, over here? Um, at, we've kind of changed as it's gotten, gotten worse. We've yeah. escalated our approach to it. And as it's kind of, gotten uh how to say as it's eased off hasn't yeah. quite gotten better yet and uh, we've also kind of scaled back our approach a little bit but um we're still like so any cardiac arrest now uh you know it's still uh 
a uh, an N92 mask, okay. goggles, gown, the whole lot, and it's it's for which rare over here. It's actually it's quite warm. You know, it was twenty yeah. odd degrees uh, at the weekend there, so you're working hard yeah. in all this gear. I'm still waiting, I'm still waiting to see the benefit for it and see these guys you know, uh, training in rubber suits and the weight falls off them, but it yeah. hasn't seemed to happen to me yet. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, we're still, we went back to, we had COVID protocols and they, we were able to do a lot of stuff that we wouldn't have been able to do before. So if we were able to like, if you're like an asthmatic, we give you all the medications and if you're feeling better, we could just leave you home. We didn't have to call. So that was one of the great things. Like they actually let us be paramedics at that time. And we had something similar where like that we could, uh, we could kind of treat and treat and refer or treat and leave on scene yeah. and refer them to, to their own GP. Yep. Um, and uh, for a while I've actually had experience where, you know, patients, you know, wasn't really that sick but like that we don't have we don't really have power of refusal over here so yeah. if you have a sore finger and you dial 999 you'll get an ambulance and the ambulance okay. arrives if you demand it they'll bring you to the to the emergency department but uh i actually had a case uh where the doctor refused to yeah. let the patient into the hospital he said look people are dying in here you're not that sick you know yeah uh go home and see your gp in the morning yeah wow um, and it's a bit of common sense i suppose yep. uh yeah. people are on and rightly so you know people are everybody's afraid of the res responsibility landing on them and getting yeah. a complaint or getting in trouble but when things are as serious as they are common sense has to kind of come and, and that's them. the thing is you know like the one thing is is back then people didn't actually want to go to the hospital you know and now we're like right back to our old stuff and it's like ah oh. I want to go back for everything. Yeah, and it's still the same over here. Go back to your kind of earlier question. Yeah, we still get a lot of intoxication from yeah. various substances. House parties are 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 back with a bang. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's very. You can't. You're not going to change people's no. habits. No, uh, not at all. Yep. And way of kind of way of going on in a couple of weeks. You know. Yeah. Everybody just got home, so I had to switch my. Uh, my location they they talk a lot <laughs> I've, uh, I've, I've barricaded myself into the kitchen uh yeah oh man so what's your typical night like so you come in you know i know you work some you work a couple days and then a couple so, night night turns so our shift pattern is uh a little bit weird um when you know i tell always people always ask about nights they think you know your your standard kind of eight hour shift or some sometimes 12 we do a 16 hour night shift okay um, so typically we do three days on okay. and three days off. So we right. start on uh, on a day shift and we either do two days and one night or, okay. and then three days off or else we do one day and two nights. Okay. Um, and then once a month, as I, I was telling you before, we do uh, like a, a, a one day, one night. And then all, on the other end of the month, then we only have kind of two days off. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, typical, typical shift starts at, you know, on the day shift or starts at nine and the, the, the station officer will kind of read out, uh, he'll hold parades, um, and he'll read out the duties for the day. So first thing starts, yeah. obviously what, what you're, what you're on. So whether you're on the ambulance or you're on the fire truck, um, and then, 
uh, if it comes to the fire truck, it's which position you're on. So are okay. you are you driving? Are you? And then we have numbers and numbers on the fire truck go from uh, one to four, okay. uh, or one to five uh, in our place because we have the we have the extra guy in the back. So number yeah. one is always kind of the driver, um, and two or four are the guys that would the first guy say to wear uh, BA into a house fire. So we're okay. going, we get a call and it's your standard kind of uh, domestic house. Uh, two and four will always put on the the breeding apparatus set and then three and five will kind of get the get the holes out for them and whatever else needs to be done um so yeah you'll get your duties uh on the truck and then you'll get your duties around the around the station or around the house as we call it so you'll get like we always have a guy uh marked on the kitchen uh so his job is to kind of help out with the food prep and make sure the kitchen's generally neat and tidy for the off for the oncoming watch yeah and uh same thing. Someone's got to clean the toilets. Someone's got to clean the showers. Yeah. Uh, someone's got to clean the fire truck. You know, it's all, it's a huge learning experience for uh, younger guys. And I include myself in this. Yeah. Uh, I went from, from uh, mammy waiting on me hand and foot at 20, 21 <laughs> years of age to uh, here's a mop sunshine, get in there and clean that toilet, you know? Um, yeah. But look, it's character building. <laughs> I think is the word for it. Uh, and that's it. There's no getting away from it. When it's your turn, like I'm, as as long as I'm in now, it's my turn to get in, and you know I've got a I'm marked in the house. So I got to clean the clean the toilets, clean the showers, yeah. mop the floors, make sure it's all done, and that's it. Everybody, everybody takes their turn. There's no, uh, it's a fair system, um, yeah. and and uh, yeah. So you're you're given all your stuff for the you're given your duties for the day, and then depending on how your day goes, bar and callouts, there's a structure to it as well. So, um we'd have kind of uh, ongoing training that we can do at station level um, through, uh, it's, a, it's almost like a, it's like a, com- it's like a computer system. Yeah, we do so, the same thing. Uh, yeah. We have one for the, f- so we have one for the uh, structured one for the forest service and the EMS one is kind of done through uh, a different organization, the crowd that, uh, that kind of, uh, what would you call them? Like a, a regulatory body for the for okay. EMS. Yeah, we have a continuing education. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So or you can you'll have stuff to do on your you'll have stuff to do on your uh, your online stuff, and the station officer then will have uh, usually most days they'll have like a, a, a drill or training. Yeah. In the afternoon, and it can be anything. You know, uh, they try and. Uh, change it up each month so this month uh most of the training is fo- focused around water rescue okay and we don't really do a whole lot of it in our area and uh, yeah we have a small kind of small river and a couple of canals and some ponds stuff like that but we generally don't do okay. a whole lot of water, uh, water rescue stuff but still like that it's good to familiarize with it yeah. um lads that are trained in the swift water rescue will go through the gear yeah. with the other guys that wouldn't be as familiar with to talking through how the rigs are set up okay how the uh how all the ropes and lines and other different bits that we have that right. go with that. So it can be hazmat one week, hazmat one, one month, breeding apparatus the next, yeah. uh, ladders. Um, it could be uh, road traffic accidents or, you know, so yeah. based around that, uh, the officer will, will, will have a drill organized. Uh, and then every quarter we have to do like a, a bigger exercise with right. different stations Um so I know a couple of times a year we have to do uh, because the tunnel is in our uh, area. Yeah. We have to do a big exercise in the tunnel a couple of times a year. Okay. Um, and 
so on and so forth. You know, yeah. you're going to be, there'll be a big hazmat exercise. We also have the airport. So every now, once, a, once or twice a year, we do a big exercise with the airport for okay. service as well. So, um, yeah, we're kept on our toes. And then yeah. like that, you bells go, you drop what you're doing and you, you go do whatever the call is. And then like that, if it's, if it's not finished when you, when it's not finished, when you get back from the call out, you've got to finish whatever you were doing. Oh, you know? so, it, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, at least so you, guys a good, you know, like we're stuck on the street corner. So yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's unique. I don't know um, how it's. I suppose I don't know how if it's if it's healthy sitting in that. You know, say if you're in a in a quieter quieter area, a lot of times sitting in that uh, sitting in the front seat of a of oh. a of an ambulance or or you know it's can't be can't be good for you. No. Um, you know, having said that, uh, it's gotten very very busy uh in recent years like last year in dublin for dublin fire brigade okay. with 12 ambulances we did uh over one hundred and twenty thousand calls uh oh, for 2019 so that's yeah. you know the ambulance kind of drives in at your start at the start of your shift you swap over with the off-cone crew you give a quick handover what you need yeah you need to grab some ecg electro electrodes some yeah Whatever band, whatever you need, auction masks, yeah, um, and then bang, out you go. Uh, you uh, you get change, you know, you drop drop your patient to the hospital. You might have a chance to check your ambulance, uh, yeah. See what you see, what you need. Go if you can get it restocked, yeah. But uh, the calls just coming in, it, just, it has eased off a little bit with uh, with COVID, but yeah. uh, you know, there will be a case there. Um, talking to a dispatcher uh, that I know, you could have. 10 15 calls queued waiting for an ambulance which was unheard of i suppose that's another big change that yeah. when i started first um it was rare to have calls you know you might get them on new year's eve or halloween yeah. night yeah uh, but they're regularly queuing ambulance calls wow. uh, how long does it take enough. you to turn over at the hospital uh, again it depends um i've had i've had personal experiences where i was eight or nine hours uh, waiting for a clip, waiting for a bed. So we obviously bring the patient in on a stretcher, and yeah. uh, you got to wait till an available uh, bed comes yeah. in the emergency department. Now, thankfully, that's been it's been a long time. It's probably been seven, eight, nine years ago. But uh, yeah, I've I've had experience like that, and yeah. um, you you know, there's, it's hard to say. On average, some departments uh, are better than others on certain certain nights. You know, but like that. Yeah. They're they're swamped as well. They're swamped with yeah. patients. They've got ambulance after ambulance bringing patients in on trolleys and wheelchairs, and yeah. everybody wants everybody demands to be seen first. Exactly. Um, the same thing. And uh, they're they're like that. They're running uh, run off their feet. They're mm-hmm. they're so tired. You, you know? So like, let's say we give a messy job. Do you go back to your station or do you clean up at the hospital? Yeah, we go, we go all our, so all our equipment is, all our decontamination equipment will be back at the station. Okay. Um, so we have a yeah, messy job. We just get onto our radio, our control room, tell them we got to go off the road or off the run, uh, back to the station and uh, do whatever you got to do, you know, get your, get your arms cleaned up and then get yourself okay. cleaned up. If you need a shower, grab a shower. There's no, there's no issue with that. You know? Yeah. Um, okay. Because uh, again, we have, some people go out more than others. You know, so um, where my kid's mom works, they have um, like 20 minutes. It's like 10, I think it's, it's 10 minutes for a regular patient. If it's a critical, we get like 15 at the hospital. And then they, 
you know, they put you available and stuff. So they work a lot harder than we do. So, um, so even if, so you bring your pay, so if you still have the patient on your trolley or do you have to clear, do you have to clear the patient off your trolley so the, before? Where she works, cause she works in Newark. So their hospital and their triage system, I think is, is really good. So like you come in and if they're walking, pretty much they go to the waiting room. And then if they have a bed, they say, okay, go to this bed. And then they finish the triage at bedside. So they can pretty much, once you get them on the bed, you get your quick signature and you're out of there. So. Yeah. It's kind of the same. It's kind of the same here now. Um, you're, you're on your honor, I suppose, to go clear when you're, to go clear when yeah. you're clear. Um, but like that, you, I suppose one of the, one of the biggest downfalls, I suppose, is the, of the forest service and our ethos, I suppose, in it is that, you know, to always kind of, be ready be available so yep. sometimes lads do put themselves under pressure to get back get yeah. back on, on the road but like that you got to make sure that you've you know if you've used an important piece of equipment that you haven't got you got to be restocked you got to be ready yeah. for the next call as opposed to running up with your, your ambulance in the state you know and um, so taking the time and getting everything right for the next patient is is important yeah um, but generally you know once you get get your signature five or ten minutes get your ambulance checked checked yeah. over cleaned up and get back that's it you're yeah. straight back at it like i've had had cases where you know before you you're cleaning up at the back of the you're cleaning up in the back yeah. and they're calling you on the radio because they got a, a serious call or they don't yeah. have a serious call but they're just swamped so yeah do you have like supervisors and stuff like that that come around and like hustle you out of the hospital and stuff? Uh, not so much for not so much for kind of day-to-day operational so okay. some of the the paramedic students will have uh, a supervisor going around randomly kind of spot checking on them um, you know they'll they'll wait at the emergency departments and they'll okay. probably catch a couple of ambulances and he'll be watching the kind of yeah. watching his hand over and stuff like that um, okay. no you have your uh, I suppose day to on a day to day basis your your station officer uh, okay. is your is your supervisor you got to keep him happy you know he'll keep on you know right there, he checks <laughs> checks off all he, he checks that you you're doing your checks yeah okay yeah because we have these guys called um conditions bosses so it's like our lieutenant or a captain um or some people have like uh tour chiefs and they come around you know if you're having a problem at the hospital or a problem with a patient you know and they handle like um large-scale incidents like the incident command thing with that yeah that's what they do it's what they so, hustle you out they do have something, uh, they might have something similar in the ambulance service. Obviously, okay. there's a, a rank structure to the National Ambulance Service. So yeah. they'd have guys, I'm not 100% sure of the, the rank titles, but they'd okay. have guys like that that they could ring if there's an issue or yeah. maybe doing spot checks on, on them. Um, but uh, so we have uh, obviously a chain of command. So we have an issue, uh, say, in a hospital, we can get on to our. Uh, control center and they can raise it through uh one of the biggest issues we touched on earlier on was a couple of years ago was beds you know um hospitals were underfunded beds had to close ambulances stacked up in the hospital so uh, we used to have a a guy from the national there was a guy in in the national ambulance service and his job was to basically get onto the hospital and go look your ambulance is tied up here what's the story um but we couldn't contact him directly. We had to kind of go through the chain of command okay. to, to get a hold of him. But it was right. an efficient enough system, you know. Yeah. Um, if you found you were getting caught there for 
a number of hours you just you get on and they'll do what they can um, number of sometimes hours. the answer yeah sometimes yeah yeah sometimes the answer is we don't have a bed you know? yeah have, have, um, have you guys had a lot of hospitals close or they just don't have the bed space they just don't have the bed space okay you know? Um, to either clear patients out of the emergency department up the house or sometimes you just get a bad day and they're just busy they're just busy you know um, like that at the end of the day they're only they, you work at what you have and yeah. they only have however many beds in the department and yeah. we keep bringing in patients on, on you know they have a patient they might have to manage in the department for a couple of days because there isn't an ICU bed or there isn't yeah. a bed in the in the geriatric ward say from the nursing home and okay. what, where do they do them they have to manage them there and yeah. he's tying up he or she is tying up a bed and that's it you just gotta you just gotta wait you know and um, it's frustrating because you you don't want to be there you want to be out doing what you're doing what you're supposed to be doing but yep. like that you just have to bite your tongue and grin and bear it I, suppose. I know yeah that's like my arch nemesis there's certain hospitals that that will go to i just won't take you there so they're like i want to go there and it's like down the block but I know I'm going to be there for 40 minutes waiting for a bed. And I'm like, so how does your, uh, system work? So when you get, you obviously get a call, do you have a specific area or corner that you sit on? So do you have a specific area that you serve? Yeah. And how do you bring your patients? Uh, okay, so we sit in what the they hospital. call like a cross street location. So we have to be within eight blocks of that and like an eight block square in theory. Um, setting so you're considered 89. And then from that, if you're outside of that, the computer will move you to a 97 status. So you're available within the battalion. So within, and all EMS stations and units line up with fire battalion. So if you're 98, you can get picked up pretty much, you can pretty much go anywhere in the city, wherever you're going to go. So um, we usually stay in our area and then we'll take them to the closest hospital that's most appropriate for what's wrong with them at that time. So, you know, we sit in between like three hospitals or just general hospitals. And then we have three trauma centers that are pretty much like around that. So it kind of depends, you know, the time of day is a big factor of how far you want to go. And if we can get, if it's a really far hospital, like if they want to go to the other side of the city, we have to call our, our, telemetry doctor and give them a spiel and tell them like why they want to go to that hospital and stuff like that so and how to so say the, yes or no so the patient can decide if he wants to go to a further away hospital yeah yeah right. okay yep. see it it's completely different over here so the city is kind of literally carved up uh like like a dartboard and depending right. on which area you depending on where you live or where the incident happens yeah uh, we bring you to the hospital in the that catchment area. So, okay. um, like that, we at the moment we don't have like a specific trauma center. One of the yeah. hospitals is is pushing for it okay. um, to be upgraded to a to a, a trauma center. Um, but at the moment, the only kind of bypass protocols we have for specific hospitals is for uh, for PCI okay. or for. Uh, one particular hospital uh, outside of uh, nine to five hours. So uh, after kind of six o'clock okay. on the weekends, if you have uh, a CVA, we bypass this hospital and bring them to okay. a, another hospital. Um, but the only people that actually have choice to which hospital they go to is pediatrics. So the parents can choose 
which hospital they want to okay. which hospital they want to go to you know all right yeah um, we have like certain pediatric trauma centers and uh, one of the areas like we start, like there's a lot of kids where we are and we have to go to two ends of the earth to take like a legitimate pediatric trauma to these places and it's it's kind of interesting you know like money plays a big factor and if you have this certificate to have you know a pediatric trauma center so right. and during the day it's crazy you can't get you can't get to that side of of brooklyn it's uh i suppose it's a, a hot topic at the moment over here they're building a a, a national children's hospital um, okay. but they're building it slap bang in the middle of the city center uh and <laughs> on the we'll say no more but uh yeah. hopefully the the plan is to still have kind of uh other emergency departments yeah um because like that, if you have a you have a really sick sick kid, you don't want to be driving past one hospital to to yeah. to get to another, you know, yep. during the day in rush hour traffic. Yeah. But uh, the less said about that, the better. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I, I don't I don't know. I it's it's the same thing everywhere. It's just crazy. Everybody it's amazing how money drives the emergency medical service, you know? So um like here a lot of places it's about you know, getting your billing information and all that good stuff versus, you know, taking care of your patient, you know? I copped that earlier on one of your earlier podcasts. You have, you, you charge for EMS calls? Yes, they do. Yes, they I could, do. I could absolutely get on board with that. Um, <laughs> bear with me for one second. Just kind okay. of change location yourself. All right. Yeah, you'd be amazed. Like, so in the city, if you get, so if you call in as like an unconscious, you get an engine company and a paramedic ambulance and that's like just for the response is over two thousand dollars so that's without us taking you anywhere so and then it just goes up from there so 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 regard and who gets the bill um it depends so if you have insurance hopefully your insurance will cover it if not you know, they might write it off. So some places are worse than others. So if it's like a for-profit place, they could go after your house and stuff, and they'll go after your credit and stuff. So Jesus. So what about the you know the homeless guy on the street? Did you just write him off. Paying. Yeah, he's not paying. So they brought it in uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, so we the for the fire service does a charge. Yeah, so I think the charge is like five hundred euros per fire appliance okay. um um now the the off the senior officer uh who kind of submits the fire reports uh so obviously every like uh similar to a patient report yeah uh every every fire or every incident that a, a fire engine goes to the, okay. the, the station officer or the sub officer has yeah. to write a report has to write a report on it and i think they have a discretionary thing that they can ask for the the fee to be waived or the charge to be waived, but it's not always, it doesn't always work. Yeah. Um, but like that, it's, uh, I don't, I don't know how they could even factor in to, uh, to try and charge for EMS calls. We've got some, sometimes I've got, uh, tourists and foreign people from, you know, yeah. people from all, all over the world. And like yep. that, uh, you arrive at the emergency department, they're like, who do we pay? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, when they explain to them that there's, there's no charge, it's, it does kind of, but considering how much EMS kind of costs, it's kind of a black hole for, for money. It is. Um, 
It is. But uh, yeah, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe that. So you could potentially for so the standard response here for a, a cardiac arrest is an is an ambulance on a fire engine. Okay. Uh, or for even something as simple as a you know fall downstairs, patient's yeah. conscious, and uh, they just need help lifting. So you're saying that's nearly what two thousand dollars for that? Yeah, if it's a paramedic ambulance, it's over two thousand. A BLS, I'll find it. I'll send it to you. I'll email it to you. But the prices, you like, and people call all the time, you know, because they, they'll see the bum on the street and they don't want to touch them. So you call the ambulance. It gets expensive. It gets really expensive. It would be curious to see if the person that does the calling gets the bill, or, the, or it's the patient that gets the bill. <laughs> yeah. yep. And then you, and then like sometimes like, oh, we need a call back because we can't find them. And I'm like, oh, they're not there anymore. They left. So yeah, that's you know quite nope. common. That, I don't know, man. Quite, quite common that we'll get a call. Somebody is driving by on a bus uh, in the city centre, and there's a homeless guy sleeping in the doorway, and yep. you get a call in. There's a guy lying on the ground. He's unconscious. He's not moving. So. You know, so yeah. So again, common sense needs to needs to prevail sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if you, if you came to New York City now, I I'm guessing you've been there before. You would yeah. be amazed how many homeless people there are. Really? It, oh, yeah. It's it's crazy. So there's like I'll, I'll send you pictures. There's a guy. He set up like a whole house on the side of the street by the subway station, and he keeps adding furniture. And all kinds of stuff. And there's another guy who has like a tarp, like around this little alcove. He's got like all kinds of stuff in there. They're everywhere. So it's, what they say, possession is no intent to the law. Yeah. So um, even, even like a hotel. Like, but you, you can't I, even get in a regular hotel now because most of them have our shelters. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, it was one thing that I was kind of uh, from when I first started going to only as recent as last year, myself and my partner were over there. And uh, couldn't, uh, wasn't as wasn't as obvious. I suppose I'm sure it's still, yeah, I'm sure it's still there. But it wasn't as obvious as uh, as it had been in in previous years. But um, that's what I'd often was only saying. Like I'd wonder if we if we were to go there tomorrow, I wonder would you recognise the place? You know what would, what would the atmosphere be like? You know, yeah. walking down through Times Square or any of the yeah. kind of any of the places that we normally go. What would yeah. it be like? What are the restaurants like? What are the bars like? Um, are the bars open over there or um so they have this so there's a thing so now it's like all outdoor seating so they made like these um wooden barriers so basically they took up parking spots and they made like these wooden barriers and you sit pretty much in the gutter of the street and you have your dinner there um and they Jesus. made yeah you should be able to just drink but then the governor said you have to buy food and it has to be a sandwich because he doesn't, he didn't consider um, chicken wings to be food. <laughs> so, yeah. So you have to buy, so, you have to buy a sandwich. So some places you got creative and it's like, you know, a piece of cheese, you know, for a couple, like a couple penny. But yeah. The way it is over here is the same. So uh, obviously being Ireland, you know, there's poems that literally yeah. just sell beer to some places that yeah. only sell Guinness. <laughs> uh and they can't open so you can only open if you're serving food um and you have to spend what they call a substantial meal it doesn't really say what it is but chicken wing seems to be the <laughs> the go-to one because it's so easy i suppose you know yeah. guys can get in a little kind of microwave or yep. oven and uh, but it has to be a minimum of nine euros that's the step stipulation it has to be a substantial meal and it has to cost a minimum of How? nine euros i don't get and it 
you know? and you can only sit there. I think it's for like an hour and a half, okay. an hour and forty-five minutes. Wow. Um. So, Yo, so you're getting the, you're getting hammered quick then, right? If, <laughs> if, if you can't look, you're gonna get in. Yeah, it's hard. Like, like some people are, you know, they want to say it's a nine euro sandwich. Maybe some sandwich for nine euros, but you know, you're going into order a nine euro sandwich and kind of ten points. Yeah. Um, but there's a big kind of debate publicly and uh, on the news. Everything's, you know, some of the, the publicans that can't open are yeah. quite rightly arguing what's the difference between a guy sitting there drinking. Uh, and just having a point and somebody sitting there drinking and having a point on sandwich or wherever you want, yeah. you know. So I can see, I think what they're afraid of is people kind of congregating. Um, so standing at a bar, but like that, I went into uh, a pub kind of from around the corner from where I grew up right. and they've completely changed it. You know, they've, they sell, they sell, it's kind of like a semi restaurant. Okay. Uh, uh, so they sell, uh, they've always sold sold hot meals, sold food, um, yeah. but they've completely changed it. Like so, there's no seats at the bar. Uh, they've kind of taken away half the seats in the place, um, and it's it's a little bit weird. Like we would have went, uh, you know, met me mum and dad for a, for a drink and a bit of yeah. food there loads of times. And there's a busy kind of bustle to the place where it's now it's kind of very quiet and yeah. you can still you can have your you can have a couple of drinks and. Yeah have your meal but like that there's no atmosphere in the place so what's the point you know yeah it's just i, I don't know what's gonna happen so like we're, we're talking about it yesterday what's gonna happen when it gets cold out you know what's all the what are all these places gonna do so that's the thing because it gets very cold over there um yeah. i've been there in the winter time and it's it's snowing sideways <laughs> no no so i don't you know we, we had this lady the other day yes a couple days ago so she calls and she's like i have now, I have chest pain right here, but I've been feeling like body aches, this and that, and I had a fever. But, you know, she's hammered. And mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, you know, I went out for dinner tonight. And, you know, she's like, I, I might have a fever again. I'm like, so wait a minute. I'm, I'm sitting, I'm writing on the tablet, and she's telling us this whole thing. And I'm thinking in my head, wait a minute, you're sick and everything like that, but you still went out. Like, you had a fever. You knew you had a fever, and you still yeah. went out. So, like, this, this is never going to stop. You know, it's it's a it's a big thing. Uh, one of the uh, one of the big, the highest profile uh, things at the very start of this was at uh, the Cheltenham Festival in England. Uh, it's yeah. a big kind of horse racing yeah. uh, festival that goes on for for a week, um, and you know millions and millions of euros won and lost over this uh, over this massive big yeah. uh, famous. Uh, horse racing festival guys wait years for you know, they'll spend their whole, whole years kind of saving for it yeah. you know what I mean um, but it was kind of there was no official rules on traveling it was kind of suggested yeah. you really kind of shouldn't go yeah. some of the bigger events had been cancelled but this one went ahead and uh, I didn't get any myself now but I know uh, a guy I know got two guys that came back uh, from Cheltenham and kind of two days afterwards you know mm -hmm. like that they were pyrexic they coughed it pains all over and tested positive for it you know um because it was lit it's literally like a like a like a rock concert you know yeah. it's just drinking gambling the whole lot of people are standing on top of one another yeah yeah um, i thought it was crazy because they canceled the the uh, st patty's day parade and so people yeah. like, yeah, they're gonna cancel. I'm like, 
they're not going to cancel. And then they cancel. It's like, oh, I guess this is a big deal. That so. was, yeah, it was, that was a, a, a shock, <laughs> a shock yeah. to many an Irishman, myself included. Um, yeah. Myself and a couple of lads, uh, about, uh, was about 20 lads from the fire brigade were actually supposed to be in Savannah, Georgia for St. Paddy's Day. Okay. And uh, like that, they cancelled, uh, cancelled the, all yeah. flights uh, to the US and it was kind of right okay uh, can we do anything over here and yeah. of all St. Patrick's Day is cancelled in Ireland as well so that's a big yeah, deal uh, when they can't huge. do it over there you know, you that's, know, that's when you know that's when you know okay shit this is serious yeah. now exactly you know? um, exactly Man. so uh, look it's it's unusual like for for pubs in Ireland to be closed and your heart has to go for these like for these guys that you know their business Family business, you know, is yeah. a is a is a pub or a bar, and yep. they're they're our work. They've got staff. That's our work, and yeah, know, it's and it's you know, I can feel, I can see both sides of the argument. You know, you see, you see the the where the rubber meets the road with the, with this disease, and there's there's people that are really really sick and dying, yeah. and they have to. It's a it's a bitter pill to swallow, but they have to do something. They can, they can't. They're they're as frustrated with this as the government, I'm sure, are as as we are. But they have they have to do something, you know. Yeah. They can't just sit there and go, okay, look, you can go on out and have a few few drinks. Yep. Um, it, I don't know what's gonna happen. You know, like we have some militant states that are like, we don't need masks, and now it's getting like crazy over there. And I've so, seen some of that. Yeah, it's so, thankfully now it hasn't got to 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 that degree. Over, it's a very interesting here. time in the United States right now. Well, you can imagine, yeah, we've. Yep. Uh, we have kind of friends that live in friends that live in California and right. been in touch with them kind of throughout throughout all yeah. this and yeah it's and interesting is one way of putting it all right yeah <laughs> yeah so like yeah. we had the riots but they were like a little bit south of where we are so like I've never seen a riot before you know and uh, that was kind of interesting so neither have I thankfully uh, I've I know a few lads that have um, but I don't even think you'd call them a, a, a riot compared to what what you have had over there but yeah it's look it's Jesus, it's 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 frightening stuff you know you yeah. you have people people get very seriously injured very quickly and you got to look after your own safety you got to look after yeah. the guys that are with you and it's it's hard you know uh, yep. yeah thankfully now nothing uh nothing that bad over here yeah yeah so um do you guys get a lot of ambulance assault, like assault on paramedics and firemen like i've seen that uh, a few times yeah, they um, thankfully they're rare, but they do they do happen. Okay. Um, I know one one uh, a friend of mine, a guy that I I, I started with, uh, was uh, badly assaulted uh, last year, okay. and uh, I think the, the case is ongoing. But uh, yeah, it is it it happens. Okay. Um, and you know you know we get. Uh, we get some sort of kind of training. I wouldn't even call it self-defense. It's kind of, what do they call it? Like a breakaway technique to kind of yeah. get your, if somebody grabs a hold of you, but like that, it's it's a short short afternoon lecture that you do yeah. as part of your part of your tra- recruit training. And we got, ups- we got kind of upskilled to it uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. But um, I think that's where your kind of experience and common sense comes in that you've kind of just been able to, I suppose, a great thing that we do well um, over here. And I've seen, I've, I learned it from experience, senior guys has been able to read the situation and kind of know 
really, okay, this is getting hairy. We need to kind of get out of here. And at the end of the day, you know, you have to put yourself first. You know, we're there for, we're there to serve, we're there to help people. But at the end of the day, your first priority is to get yourself home and get your partner home, you know? And yeah. Yep. So uh, you have to choose yeah, your work like wisely. I'll say yeah. that. <laughs> it's uh it's look it's still quite common um we get kind of rocks and bricks and all sorts of stuff thrown at the fire engine that's still a regular enough occurrence mm. uh, uh i've had that uh, where i work will be certain parts of where i work will be uh will be a very common occurrence like okay. that so we go into this certain we go into certain areas and it's windows up um helmets on in really? the truck you know yeah 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 wow. Um, a particular area a number of years ago uh, my current watch and station in Finglas um, were very badly attacked now, thankfully none of them were, were physically injured yeah. but uh, the damage done to the fire truck was 13, 14,000 euros wow. worth of damage at the time yeah um, and uh, For what? Were they like pissed off at you guys or they were just bored they were just like kids? It's uh, how to say it's a delicate subject matter, so uh, be careful. Not I've been trying to be careful not to identify any particular one, but yeah, yeah. like it's um, uh, I, t- I think at the time it was an ongoing, ongoing feud between somebody and uh, they they set this guy's house on fire. And when the f- they didn't want to, f- they didn't want to put, it out, basically. put it out, yeah, yeah, so uh. Yeah, but thankfully now, look, that was a that was a, a long time ago. There hasn't been anything that serious yeah. in, a, in a in a long time. But yeah, it's still certain areas now you'd be you'd be driving through and it's like you just hear the the clatter of the rock off the side of the fire engine. You just wow. put the foot down and keep going. Yeah, wow. Um, it happens. It's it's happened to me from from the time I've come into the fire brigade and yeah. the senior guys that are there before me. Yeah, it's, it's gone on then. Uh, I know of some instances of it in the UK. It doesn't seem to be that common uh, in America. No. Once in a while, like, they'll have, you know, but you'll see the thing where, like, they open fire on the firemen or something like that. Yeah. So, thankfully, that's that's not that crazy. So, you know, I worked in, like, a very rural area before, and I was more nervous about getting shot there than I am where I work now. So, Jesus. Because, like, people knew how to shoot out there, you know what I mean? Because they hunt. So, yeah. You know, you come down like this country dirt lane, you know, dude's set up at the end of his driveway, you know, so that to me, and then there's no cops. So you have like the state troopers coming and they're barracks, you know, it took us 40 minutes to drive there and you're not getting any cops. So Jesus Christ. You know, I've, been, um, I've been in a fight there and the firemen, the volunteer firemen heard us yelling for help and they came before the police got there. Jesus Christ. So... Again, I suppose uh, I was you're kind of you're always kind of aware of it, but it really hit home to me um, when I did my uh, advanced paramedic course. I was uh, working on, on the course uh, with some colleagues from the National Ambulance Service who work okay. in rural parts of Ireland, yeah. and they're saying like it's a you could, they could have an hour and fifteen minutes response time, and then they could have two hour journey to the hospital yeah and they call for backup their backup was coming from the next county over and it's the same distance again yeah like we don't know how we really don't know how lucky we are or i don't know how lucky i'm being able yeah. to say look if i need if i need help the furthest the fire engine away from me is kind of 10 15 minutes yep. you know and again um the most rural part of the area that i would serve the journey time to the hospital is probably going to be half an hour 40 yeah. minutes maximum you know yep. and that's 
that's really if it, that's from the time you kind of get the patient loaded and sorted. But from the time you leave the scene at the furthest part of the county, yeah. service, you know, yep. half an I hour love that. Max. Yeah, that's the thing is like some people are like, oh man, I love the long rides to the hospital. I'm like, nah, bro. Not with a sick patient. <laughs> 15, no. 20 minutes. I'm good. Yeah. So. Yep. So, and, and sometimes it can literally be around sometimes it can literally be around the corner um, yeah. you know and that's you have to factor everything into your uh, yep. your approach and your decision making yeah. like where, where am I where am I going okay right let's just you know as I say sometimes diesel is the best drug just get them get the hell out of there you know yep. Um, yep. Yep. And, uh, I think when you can see the hospital from their address that's the most annoying part so like when you look up the street yeah. and you can see like the emergency room doors and you're like, yo, you're a jerk. So. Yeah, I've had a few of them over the time. But look, again, I, t- I find, you know, there was, and I, I was that, that soldier. I used to get really uptight about it. And yeah. I kind of bothered me. But, but now I kind of try and take a more philosophical approach. It's like just, yeah, okay, right. Just smile. Okay, let's go. Check them over. Get them in, get rid of them and, and get yeah. back out. And yep. Don't get it's not worth the hassle no. of trying to. You can't argue with these people because you just can't, and you're, there's you're no not going to win. And there's no point in, no. in getting yourself in trouble or stressing yourself out over it. Just yep. get them in, get it's, it's easier, you know, you're in the hospital in five minutes. Yep, check them over, get them signed off, and you get sometimes you'll get them again, and you know. It's hard, it's, you know, at the end, towards the end of the shift, you're tired and emotional <laughs> and uh, you get yes. kind of a nuisance call, for want of a better word. But yeah, yeah. you just kind of, yep. that's the biggest thing, I suppose, that comes with experience is learning to, to bite your tongue and grin yep. and bear it, you know. Yep. Um, that, that's really good advice, you know, and a lot of people, I know a lot of people that get mad about it, you know. I used to get mad about it and it's like, for what, you know, you're going to yeah. stress yourself out because this person's a jerk. You know, just I, I may like me and Julie. We make a game out of it. You know, honestly. So, and you can might you might meet some interesting regulars. Yeah, it's uh, I listening to one of your previous podcasts. I remember Julie saying that uh, she has this. Uh, it was one particular regular that she. Oh liked, yeah, but... our favorite one. She's gonna take him home and give him a shower. I can. <laughs> It's going to happen. <laughs> I kind of draw the line there somewhere, maybe a little bit behind it. But, uh, yeah, like that, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll have some interesting calls. And I find if you, you know, if you try and take a more relaxed approach to it, you, you genuinely, you know, like that, touching, touching on what we were talking about a minute ago, some of these things can turn nasty very quickly, yep. you know. Um, and that's where you just have to, a little bit of experience, you know, again, a little bit of experience goes a long way. Yep. Um, you know, smile and nod at these people, promise them a little bit and just get, you know, you don't want to end up in, in, in getting more hassle. Yeah. You know? um, yep. And like that, you can have a bit, you can knock a bit of crack over as well. You can get a laugh out of them. You mm-hmm. can, you know, and it, like that, it makes your day a little bit, a little bit easier, you know? Yep. Um, yeah, just keep it moving. But, uh, so. Taking them home and showering now is a, a no. I've, <laughs> I've, 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 I've three dogs. I've, I've three dogs that I rescued. Uh, I think I'll draw the line there. <laughs> our, 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 our lieutenant. She does that. She does like bird rescue and all this other stuff. So she loves those cats. So we have like a I cat. I've seen your uh, uh, what was it? Your cat's Instagram page or for the, yeah. the station? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I got a I got a bit of a bit of slagging and a bit of stick uh, last year maybe um, like that we we got called to a cat stuck on the wall so we had to get the uh, get the demolition hammer out and get him out but uh, like that of course the picture ends up with the paper yeah and um, of course I have three three Siberian huskies so they won't love them to get their hand on it. Uh, but uh, yeah, this guy—it's look. That's again. It's it's probably one of the nicer aspects of the job getting to do something like that. You know, uh, yeah. it's different, um, and you're not getting shit thrown at you, or you're not getting abused. So, you know, yeah. those kind of yep. calls, those and kind of calls are refreshing. Guys, to get you know, neat people. You know, you get to see neat houses. You know, so I I, I like it. So I suppose yeah, that's a, a something that you don't really realize. Like you're. Not only are you coming to these people at, at their worst time, but like that, you're in their homes, you know, in their bedrooms, in their bathrooms, you know, yeah. uh, seeing yeah. people at seeing people at their at their most vulnerable. So uh, it's definitely definitely a unique experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we've been. You guys, you got you got you guys have cockroaches over there, right? Uh, we do, but not to the extent that you have them. Oh really? Thank God. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, like I've been in some where you put everything on the stair chair and because you can't put it down anywhere else because they may steal your bag. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, like, yeah. Um, they have <laughs> have patients like that and regulars like that and you know, like that you wipe your feet on the way out. But uh, um, hoarders are the worst as well. Sometimes yeah. if you get a, a when we're going to a, a fire, this guy... Uh, for in this guy's house and used to hoard uh, magazines and newspapers. Okay. Uh, literally, we had to squeeze boy going in the door, uh, and floor to ceiling. Uh, wow. Old old newspaper and it's just it's amazing the way some people are, you know. Yeah. And how and how they live, but it's, it's, uh, it's their life, you, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a unique. A unique perspective to be able to kind of go into people and like that you'd be sitting around dinner and or around the bar talking to friends and you know they wouldn't believe no. you wouldn't believe half the stuff and i wouldn't believe half the stuff unless I've, i'd actually witnessed it myself you know yep. um yeah. i suppose that's another unique aspect to being in the fire brigade and being in the being in the ambulance service yeah i think everybody wants to know like you know your worst call ever you know and in all honesty <laughs> it's like my worst call what I think is my worst call is, you know, like those nasty houses. Yeah, you know, like yeah, not what everybody. Yeah, you know, everybody wants to hear, oh, the guy's leg got ripped off, but it's like, yeah, it's, yo. Mm-hmm. We had one guy. He came out and he put his jacket on, and he had a roach. It was like like a brooch on his jacket, and like I tried to get it, but I didn't get it. So he walks downstairs. This roach is still chilling on his jacket. He goes to get in the truck. And I try to get it again, and I miss it. And I was like, Julie, I was like, there's a roach on his jacket. And she's like, oh, I don't know. So we get, we drove like 15 minutes to the hospital, and we're coming out of the hospital, and the roach is still sitting on his jacket. <laughs> and I tried to swap it again, and I missed it. And he went into the hospital with a roach brooch on his jacket. I'm like, could have been worse. It could have been sitting on the back of your ambulance. <laughs> we've had that too. We're sitting chilling, and all of a sudden. My, this little guy comes out from inside the steering wheel and like walks up, stands on top of the steering wheel. Jesus, yeah. uh, thank, <laughs> thank you. Now I haven't, I haven't had that. I've, I've <laughs> yeah, 
taken mm-hmm. I've taken over the omelet sometimes that it might be in a, a questionable state but no Jesus there's no, never anything living in it. <laughs> oh bro. Um, yeah. But I know I know what you mean. Yeah. I've had you know everybody's you know when they find out you're in the forest service or you're you're in the you, you work in the omelets that yeah. you know they want to know this or they want to know that and it's never what's never what you think it is. It's always like that, you know, some guy that's been passed there drunk and yeah lost control of his bells and that's yeah. kind of, oh, you know <laughs> What's the worst thing you've ever seen? Yeah, another a yeah, grown man shit himself, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, look, that's all part of it. You yeah, know? I'm sure people are curious to see a lot of see a lot of stuff on the TV. And they think it's all like that, and it's totally not. You know, no, it's um, not. I think yeah. that's the most kind of uh, how would I say? Uh, it's the biggest learning curve. It's never what you. It's not what you. Absolutely not what you expect. No, it's not. Um, yep. It's not as much like I don't know. I can't say it's not as much fun, but I'm, I'm dazzled every day at work. So I'm always, you know, I've been in the same place for seven, almost eight years, and it changes every day. So you know, I wouldn't want to work anywhere else. I'm not bored yet. So yeah, like I would, uh, I work in a fairly busy station now, um, compared to some of the other stations around the city. Um, again, the fact that it's a one pump, we do a lot more ambulance um, uh, work than other than other stations. In fact, there's only one truck and one ambulance, and there's only yeah. uh, there's only ever seven of us on the shift at any one time. Um, right. Seven firefighters and two officers. Yeah. And um, but like that, it's still I haven't got bored of it, or I'm not to the point now where I go, I get up and I go, Jesus, I don't want to go in here today, or yeah. I'm going in here again. It's still. It still interests me. Um, I was kind of getting to a point where I've kind of getting a little bit. I think burnt out is a is a fairly strong word, but kind of just yeah. lost, disinterested. I think you know you're kind of just going in and and uh, applying and having to study for and getting onto the advanced paramedic course. Yeah. I think kind of gave me a renewed interest in it. Yeah. Um. So I'm certainly glad I made the decision to do to do that. Um. But uh, thankfully, uh, no, I still enjoy, still enjoy working where I'm working. Obviously, now uh, in another in another couple of years and getting a little bit older, um, it might be time to move on to something less, more demanding. On the well, again, that comes with its own <laughs> its own uh, unique problems, shall we say? Um, yeah, I know. I don't want to be. I don't want to be a supervisor at all. I'm good. Uh, look, it's it's different. I suppose it's when you actually get promoted in Dublin Fire Brigade, you come off the ambulance service. You come oh, off okay. the ambulance, so you go on to the fire truck. Uh, okay. uh, so you're an officer on the fire truck. Um, now I'm sure there's uh, plenty of uh, firemen that would uh, love to do that. Be the, there'd be plenty of firemen who would be delighted if they if yeah. they uh, they they made it so that some of the officers had to do the ambulance in rotation, yeah. but. Um, no, so when you get you go through the promotional system, uh, you do you know specific specific course, and okay. your <clears throat> your jobs then now is to be uh, so there's like a there's an in between, so like probably equivalent to your lieutenant, there's yeah, a, lieutenant. a sub officer before yep. a station officer, yeah. Um, so they work in uh, certain stations. So my station, my station that I am is literally has a station officer yeah um, and uh, we have what's called a district officer so he manages so he's in charge of um, our station and another station in our district be kind of a, be like a battalion your, chief or something like yeah, that. yeah kind yeah. of yeah yeah so he's the most senior 
operational officer on the ground. Okay. Um, is that a then, test or is that seniority? Uh, it's a test. Okay. Used to be seen a couple of years ago, ten, fifteen years ago, it might have been. It was on seniority, but now okay. it's a, it's a test. So you do yeah. an exam and an interview yep. with a whole lot, okay. um, and uh, so the most senior uh, officer in the DFB operationally is uh, called the mobilization officer okay. uh, or the MOBI. Uh, so his okay. job is. Um, Basically, he's based in the headquarters and he's in charge of the city and all the, all the appliances in it. So um, if there's a big fire um, yeah. and resources need to be moved around the city to cover, so say you have a fire and there's like six or seven fire engines yeah. uh, attached to it uh, and they're taken from different stations, he'll move stations around to make sure that every fire station is covered. Um Manning levels, you know, if okay. at this, if at the start of duty there's not enough guys on, it's his responsibility to make sure the fire engines are, are managed yeah. uh, and manned, and everything. The the book ultimately stops with him. So if there's any kind of um, any issues to do with anything at all. Uh, generally, some of the you know the the officers and manage issues within their own station, but if okay. it needs to, it goes up to 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 him, and the book stops yeah. with him wherever he says goes. You know. Okay. Um, so, uh, and he has to be the how to say his position is based on seniority. So okay. the senior district officer uh, has to be the mobilization officer. Okay. Yeah, because I know Detroit. I think they still do seniority. I think it's like one of the only places Detroit Fire still does seniority for yeah. their for their officers. And then right. we're a test. And then after a certain point, it's like you got to get the nod. So that then they promote you up from there. So right, okay, okay. Yeah. So EMS, EMS above captain, it's all, you know, you gotta play play nice, and then you know you get the nod to move up. So right, okay. You know, yeah. So it's so, so it's all based on merit, is what you're telling me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So same the world over. Uh huh. Um, uh -huh. but, uh, look, it's. I suppose it's it's different um, in the, the rank structure of the fire brigade has, has been the same, but one of the biggest changes would be, I suppose, that uh, our chief fire officer at the moment, uh, Dennis Keeley, he would have actually started as a firefighter. So he okay. would have done, done uh, he would have been crewing on an ambulance when it was literally you know, bandage stretcher yeah. and got the hospital, literally AACP. So he would have started yeah. on the ground and worked his way up. Whereas uh, before they were kind of appointed um, uh, senior management, you know, you had to have an engineer and you had to have a specific engineering degree, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, but now, you know, you still need uh, higher education qualifications. But, um, you know, when I started the chief IRS at the time, I had never sat on the fire engine wouldn't you know probably wouldn't have been able to tell you go really? through all the equipment on it yeah yeah they were it's a city official kind of um, okay but at the moment uh the current chief fire officer said would have okay. would have started as a as a recruit in dublin fire brigade worked his way yeah. up through the rank structure all the way to, cool. to chief at the moment you know um, yeah. so, so I suppose you even him, a, that way you know what i mean yeah well, look respect you, you know at the end of the day his his no matter what we want him to to do for us, his job is to manage 
yeah. the forest service. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as much as we'd love, <laughs> as much as we'd love him to be able to, to make all to make all the decisions and make our life as easy as we wanted to be, his yeah. his job is to manage the, uh, yeah. a, a huge forest service. But yeah, look, he's he's been where we are, so yeah, he, you know. He yep. absolutely knows what it's like on the ground, you know. So yep. yeah, you'd have to you have to give him a lot of respect for that. You know? I think that makes for for a good officer, you know. Like when you get promoted, you know, still to remember, you know, like I, I understand, you know, your your duties change as you get promoted and you see things from a different level, but you know, you still got to remember where you came from, you know, to some extent, you know. So and it's funny to work sure, with people yeah. who get promoted that you used to work with, and you're like, you're messing with me. And used to do the same thing, bro. <laughs> and it's like, it just kills me. It's like, yo, you're giving me this BS. I used to do the same thing, if not worse. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And look, I've, I've seen it. You know, yeah. I've seen the same thing. And yeah. we'll probably continue to. And look, <laughs> again, uh, well, you know, and, that's, and the answer always is, well, if you don't like it, you know, you go for promotion. Yep. You go. Yeah, you know, exactly. That's the simple answer to it. If you, you, you can't... Uh, it's very hard to make change from, from the ground up. If you want to change the way things are done, you got to put the work in, study, uh, take the tests, and get yourself into, into that position, you know? Yeah. Yep. So we've been going for a while. What would you tell – this is how we usually wrap it up. So we, we ask you for – what would you tell a new EMT or a new paramedic that's just starting? What would you tell them? What would be your advice? Um always be listening, you know, um, uh, there's always learning to be found in every situation, you know, even no matter how messy or bad it seems or, or trivial it seems, you know, does you can always pick up a learning point, uh, from somewhere. Don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to ask questions, you know, even if it's a stupid question, you know, you'll probably get a bit of, a bit of stick and a bit of slagging for it. But, uh, yeah. And no matter, uh, where you're working or who you're working with, you know, and this was a bit of advice given to me when I went on to do the uh, ALS courses that never forget the basics, you know, there is no BLS without ALS and you can always go, just go back to basics uh, and try and approach it in a, in a, in a structured way. And you'll, you'll, you'll get there, you know, you'll get, get, if you're, if you're in a hole, go back to basics, go to your, whatever it is and you'll, you'll get yourself out, you know, Definitely. Um, but yeah, you know, keep the mouth closed and the ears open uh, at, at, at the start. You know, if you mm-hmm. think, think before you, you offer an opinion in a certain, you know, in the middle of a trauma or in the middle of a, of a case, wherever it is, 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 is what's about to come out of my mouth going to add value to this. And sometimes it won't and sometimes it'll be genuine, you know, yeah, like but- that you might, you might get a bit of stick for it. But uh, that's, part, that's all part and parcel of it. And, you know, Learn, learn to take that kind of stuff on the on the chain, especially from the the forest service. You know, we can be yeah. fairly ruthless sometimes when it comes to the slagging, but uh, yep. it's usually all, it's all in good fun. Yep, that's the truth. That's the truth. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. We'll be. Yeah, I, I'm about to get Julie back on and stuff. So you know, she's stuck in traffic, and I don't. <laughs> Must be some traffic traffic if she's still there. <laughs> yeah. So she texted me. Um, I'm still sitting there. This is Olivia. So hi, Olivia. She's in all my videos. She's my uh, my stand-in over here. Mascot. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, yeah, absolutely. Look, thanks for thanks for having me. It's uh, been, I suppose, a unique experience. It's the first time I've ever done anything like this. But yeah, absolutely. No, no.